Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 50 That last guy that Jordan popped was a high rank, Billy said. Nicole pursed her lips. It's the eye scan that concerns me. I mean, what with the decay, would the scanner even be able to read an eye? She said. It's worth a try, Paul said. Minutes later, the group was back in front of the sealed door. Walt and Paul held the lieutenant colonel up by the shoulders. Nicole grabbed his hand and placed it on the scanner. It immediately lit up. An electronic voice sprang to life. Hand scan recognized. Proceed to retinal scan. Walt and Paul heaved the corpse forward as Nicole grabbed the back of its head and positioned its chin on the rest. Within seconds, a red light activated and a mesh pattern moved across the clouded-over eye. Everyone held their breath as after three scans of the light, the voice had not signaled clearance. Well, this isn't... Nicole's words were cut off by the computerized voice. Retinal scan recognized. Please enter the last four of your social security number in the keypad for final authorization. Oh, geez, man, how are we supposed to know that? Walt said. Realization dawned on Nicole's face. Keep holding him up, guys, she said as she searched the pockets of his uniform. Inside the breast pocket, she found his wallet. She flipped it open and searched through it, finding his military ID. She tore it out and cast the wallet away. Holding the card in one hand, she punched in eight, nine, nine, seven on the pad, and then stepped back. Everyone stared at the doors for several long seconds. Authorization approved, the computer voice intoned. Slowly, everyone looked from the door to Nicole. She stepped up and put her hands to the wheel. Taking a breath, she tried to turn it. The wheel spun effortlessly, and after three revolutions, the door slid open. Everyone gathered behind Nicole and peered into the darkened room. Nicole did not step in. The others waited for her cue. She hesitated. She had journeyed across the country with one goal, to gain admittance to this base and the sanctuary it represented. That she had done. But she knew within herself that goal was almost secondary to seeing her father. A greater distance than could be measured in mile markers had separated them, and she thought that finally she was ready to close that distance. She had nurtured the thought that perhaps she finally understood her father just a little bit. She did not kid herself and imagine that it would be enough to send them into each other's arms, but she had known it would be a start. She wanted to believe that her father had called her and had practically begged her to come to him, 
not because he needed another trigger puller, but because maybe he finally understood her just a little bit too. She knew that this room must be the nerve center of the entire facility, that if there was any chance that her father had led a group to safety, it would be in this room. Until she stepped into this inner sanctum, while she hesitated and remained on this side of the door, the hope of a real sanctuary and a real reunion was still alive. The seconds passed, and Nicole stared into the blue glow of the room. Paul shuffled his feet and cleared his throat. throat) Uh, "'Do you think we should?' he said, his words cut short by Ruby, gently reaching out and squeezing his hand. Paul nodded and remained quiet. Nicole reached up and wiped a tear from her eye. "'Yes, we need to—' "'Let's go,' she said. She took a breath and stepped across the threshold into the blue. The room looked like mission control at NASA. That was Nicole's first thought as she stood just inside the door. To her left was a massive screen that covered most of the center portion of the wall. The fact that the wall soared to high above her head and made her feel small testified to its dimensions. It revealed a map of the world. All the countries were clearly delineated and all of them were covered in red. At first, Overcome by its sheer size, Nicole thought how impractical it was to color all the countries the same color. Only as her mind adjusted did she begin to realize that the red represented the infection, and its spread was total. She ripped her eyes from the screen and scanned the room. In front of the huge screen were row upon row of workstations. In each row were banks of computers each with multiple smaller screens of their own. To her right, she saw what looked to be a smaller command station. It was set high on a platform. Carpeted steps led up to it. Further back from this, and up two more flights of stairs, was a glass-enclosed office. The same blue light glowed inside, muted by the shades pulled closed. Paul, Jordan, Billy, Ruby, Walt, and Sam slowly spread out, mouths agape at the view before them. Besides themselves, there was no evidence of anyone else in the room. Nobody touch anything, Nicole said as she walked up to the raised platform. Another bank of computers and screens were arrayed across a semicircular workstation facing the larger screen and overlooking the rows of terminals below. The workstation was clean and organized, save for several abandoned styrofoam cups strewn across its surface. Nicole looked in the cups. Long, dried coffee stains and mold greeted her. She turned, her heart sinking. Behind her was another table. On this were several boxes of donuts, their tops closed. Nicole crept up to the table and flipped one of the lids open. The donuts were indistinguishable under a thick blanket of mold. Nicole stepped back, her hand went to her mouth, and her breath left her. There was no one here to eat the donuts, and hadn't been for a long, long time. Everything all right, Nicole? Sam said. Nicole turned to look at Sam. She stared at him without really seeing him. She was about to speak when movement caught her eye. She looked up to the office at the top of the stairs. Emblazoned on the solid wood door of the office was written, Colonel Stephen Bennett, Commanding Officer.
Dad, Nicole said in a gasp, pushing past Sam, flying down the steps of the raised command station and up the stairs to her father's office. Sam watched her go, as did the others from below. Nicole reached the door, but this time she did not hesitate. She grabbed the handle and pushed down. The door swung open, and Nicole rushed in. She scanned the room for any sign. To her right was a large circular desk covered with papers. Foam coffee cups littered the floor. Across the room, another door sat open in a wall of glass. The shades pulled closed. The same blue lights were on in there, and Nicole could see a row of high-backed chairs running down the length of one side of the long wooden conference table. Dad, it's me, Nicole, she said. Silence was her only answer. Sadness and stress washed over her. Her lips quivered and she felt her knees grow weak. She stumbled forward and reached out for the end of her father's desk to steady herself. Her head hung low as the last bit of hope fled. It was all but gone when a shadow moved across the blinds in the conference room. Nicole raised her head and started to run. She came up short when the figure stopped in the doorway. An icy chill pierced through her, and her mind locked. No, 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 no! Dad, no, please, no! She begged, her words coming out as a wail and a lament. Standing in the doorway was Colonel Stephen Bennett. His skin was ashen gray, and his eyes were pools of black. His lips were peeled back, revealing his teeth in a horrific grimace. Patches of his close-cropped flat-top hair were missing. Where they should have been was torn skin and skull. His uniform was in tatters and hung loosely on his emaciated frame that once was ripples of hardened muscle. The thing that once was Stephen Bennett stared coldly at her. In one hand was a forty-five semi-automatic pistol. The slide was jammed back, revealing an empty breech. Nicole's voice failed her. She shook her head slowly back and forth while still mounting the words no over and over and over. The thing that was Stephen Bennett stared at Nicole. It seemed to hesitate, unsure of what to do. It cocked its head at her and continued to stare. Nicole wept. Seeing it look at her, she pushed off the desk. Daddy, are you, are you in there? It's me, Nicole. You're lucky, Nickel. I came, just like you said. She took a couple of steps toward what used to be her father, and it tracked her with its blackened orbs. Nicole raised her hands and slowly reached out. What used to be Stephen Bennett let its gaze fall from her face to her hands as they came closer. With its nose torn from its face, there were no nostrils to flare. The wheeze of the intake of air sounded through the bony nub at the center of its face. Nicole edged closer, the tears flowing freely. She blinked as the gun in its hand fell and hit the floor. What was Stephen Bennett raised its now empty right hand and reached out for Nicole's left. Nicole's eyes glistened with tears as the thing's hand touched hers. There was a pause of several seconds as father and daughter reunited. Suddenly, a change came over the walker that used to be her father. It let out a gaseous hiss, and its hand clamped down on Nicole's. Nicole flinched as her dream shattered. Fear replaced longing as the walker lunged for her. Nicole jumped and fell, landing hard on her back. The fall ripped her hand free from the walker's, and she crab-walked backwards away. 
She took her breaths in gasps as she scrambled. Her movement stopped as the back of her head banged against the now closed office door. Her hands reached out and clamored for purchase on the handle. She slapped at it and pulled it down, but her weight against the door worked counter to her efforts, her mind too panicked to realize she kept herself locked in. Gradually, she began to come to her senses as she watched the walker drag itself towards her. Nicole's whimpers began anew, and she shook her head back and forth. No, Daddy, no, please, no, she said, her latest please not for what her father had become, but for what? She must now do. The thing that was Stephen Bennett inched toward her in halting steps. Nicole pulled her rifle to her shoulder, her movements slow, the gun feeling like it weighed a thousand pounds. She kicked her feet, trying to move, wanting to run, but her position and the door kept her there. She pressed the gun against her, but it proved no deterrent. No! She said again, lowering the gun and letting it fall into her lap. She turned her head away and took several deep, heaving breaths as it approached. It came to her, its feet finally bumping against hers on the floor, but still she did not turn to look. The thing that was Stephen Bennett leaned in, its mouth now just inches from her cheek. Nicole's breathing quickened, rasping in and out of her like the vapor from a steam locomotive. Finally she turned, their faces now inches apart. Nicole's scream unleashed her pent grief and rage. She shoved the thing that was her father in the chest. It stumbled backwards, its movements awkward and uncertain. It paused for the briefest of seconds, then its jaws opened, and it let out another venomous hiss and charged her. Nicole picked up her rifle and sighted down the barrel. The red laser sight remained steady in the center of the walker's forehead. It advanced, and Nicole closed her eyes and let out her breath. She fired three times in quick succession, and the walker's head snapped back. A second passed, and she fired again. The thing that was Colonel Stephen Bennett, father of Nicole Bennett, fell to the floor and was motionless. <laughs>